Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're going deep into the cave in search of jewels. <laughs> and then when we see these, we can look at all the facets of the jewels we're going to search out and see how they apply to our everyday life, specifically in owning cars and taking care of cars and things along those lines. But in order to take you there, which we're going to go deep in a minute, I, I first have to kind of share the story of how this show even came about. And Many of you may know the story, but if you didn't, um, here you go. On, on January 25th, 2006, I was the Chrysler dealer in Moxville, North Carolina, a little town uh, just a little bit west of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and we sold 30, 40 new cars a month, something like that, and I was deep in prayer, deep in prayer about a lot of issues that had nothing whatsoever to do with radio. I assure you they had to do with keeping the dealership running, selling cars and things along those lines. And God showed up to me in prayer that morning, a little over nine years ago, and said, Robbie, I want you to get on the radio and talk about what breaks your heart. And I was like, Lord, have you heard my voice? (laughs) People that are on the radio, they go to college to learn how to talk like that, and I don't talk like that. And he said, Robbie, I want you to get on the radio and talk about what breaks your heart. And see, God knew that every day in the car business, I would meet with customers and my heart would get broken as I saw them go further and further into the bondage of debt. People that would come in with $350 a month car payments and they would leave with $450 a month car payments. And three years later, I would see them and we'd roll more debt in and they would leave with $600 a month car payments And I saw what that was doing to their life, and I saw the stress on their credit, and I saw a whole lot of things that eventually broke my heart, and I began to counsel the customers about their credit, about how to stay out of car debt. One of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is a car will last as long as you do. So these people were trading a perfectly good car that would have lasted them another 10, 12 years to get a car that, again, just to go further into the bondage of debt. Well, God even showed me, if you've ever gone to ChristianCarGuy.com, you've seen the little fish logo and all those things. God even showed me the logo that night. He gave me pretty much the lowdown of what he wanted and how he wanted it. And I woke up the next morning thinking, oh, my word, (laughs) was that some kind of dream? Or what do I do with this? Because I feel like God's asking me to go do this. And it was just a strange thing because... And, and the Lord knew that I was terrified to do a commercial, better yet, get on the radio. What's up with that? And so I had reasoned. I had this pastor at the time, Pastor Quartz at Calvary Church in Winston-Salem, who'd preached a sermon that said, if God calls you to do something, he'll swing the door wide open. That if you see a preacher out there saying he was called to preach, but he doesn't have a church, he obviously wasn't called to preach because if God calls somebody to do something, he'll swing the door wide open. And I thought, wow, this is my out. This is how I'm getting out of this. (laughs) Certainly nobody would want me on the radio. And, you know, where does that start, especially with since a Christian program 
And so I, I had a good friend in radio, Stu Epperson, and he had a Christian radio station that I had advertised on for years and years. And I, so I called him thinking that he would tell me that was crazy and then I'd be out of the deal because obviously I wasn't called to do the show because the door didn't swing open. I called Stu and invited him to lunch about a week later and he showed up and when I gave him the story, he was like, oh man, that's the best thing. Oh yeah, you got to do that. Let's start this Saturday which actually the, sh the show didn't air until March the 4th, the first Christian Car Guys show. But <laughs> I was just like, okay, God, apparently we are moving forward with this. And I showed up on that first morning, nine years ago or so, and expecting actually Stu to be there, but he wasn't. All there was this wonderful old disc jockey by the name of Deacon who went to be with the Lord just a couple months ago. But when Deacon saw me, he looked at me and he said, man, you must really like to talk on the radio. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm terrified to talk on the radio. He said, well, you got an hour talk show. You better not have any dead air. You better love to talk on the radio. And I thought, oh, I, I didn't have an hour's worth of stuff. I thought this was a call-in show, Deacon, and people would be calling. He goes, this is your first show. Nobody's going to call in. Nobody's got any. <laughs> Nobody even knows who you are. You better be prepared because you can't have no dead air. And I was like, oh, man, oh, I'm in trouble because I didn't have an hour's worth of material. So all I could do is cry out the number, which I'm going to do again this morning, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And I called out saying, here's the deal. If you have any of these questions you've all ever wondered, you call me this morning, 866-348-7884. And here's a very original list of questions that I said. How long should you keep your car? Should you take the rate or should you take the rebate? What's the best time of the year to sell a car? What's the best time of the year to buy a car? How do you find a good mechanic? Should you go with an independent shop or you go to a franchise dealer? Should I follow the maintenance schedule or should I follow my mechanic's advice? What's the best color car to get? Should you use your car's air conditioning in the summer, in the winter? And again, I would give out the number 866-34-TRUTH. And the list went on. I actually had 20 things on that list this morning, some, some stuff like should I use regular or premium gas. And the list went on and on. Now, it's interesting that the Lord not only opened up the door on that station, but within seven or eight months on Charles Stanley's 161 Sirius station, heard the show, and somehow or another it came around. And I, I, by the end of the summer of 2006, I was talking to the entire country People in Canada and Mexico calling me, asking me questions. I was like, okay, God, apparently you want me to get on the air and talk about what breaks my heart. Now, the reason I told that story is because here in the last month or so, my same boss, Stu Epperson, has been finishing his first book, which is The Last Words of Jesus. And he asked me in my full-time work now in radio, I'm no longer a car dealer. I work full-time for Truth Broadcasting. And he had asked me to work on a feature. So he, as Lent is starting this coming Wednesday, very cool, he has a feature, a 60-second feature, talking about the last words of Jesus on every day coming up until Easter. And so we worked on this project together, me producing it, and he, with his voice, talking about these things. Well, as he went through the last words of Jesus and all these devotions, I was listening to his teaching. And when he got to the sixth word from the cross, which is, it is finished, he talked about that the sixth word from the cross lined up with the sixth day of creation. 
In other words, God finished creation on the sixth day, and it was finished. And interestingly, on the sixth day of redemption, as I'm now calling it, he finished redemption and said it was finished. And when Stu made that connection, I just sat there in awe of that for a moment, and I began to really pray, God, what, where all does this go? Because I clearly see on the seventh day, Jesus said on the, from the cross, he said, right, into your hands I'll commit my spirit. He, he was resting in the Father's hand. Well, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. And so I said, wow, I wonder if there's a connection between all these days and what Jesus said from the cross on redemption. And I began, I got up at two in the morning and started to do the study. And as I did that, I, I started reflecting on Isaiah 11 as well, which are the seven spirits that are, you know, that are in the throne of God talked about in Revelation. And I started studying those seven spirits connected to the seven words connected to, and this sounds really complicated, but I'm, I was able to share it with my, in my uh, devotion at the old folks' home, and they followed exactly where I was going. So I want to share that, but the neat thing about that is practically it will get back to this story of what we're doing here on a Christian Car Guy show, and I believe it will help you to see what it is that we do here and how you can participate in it, how you can take part in what God's doing through this show. Now, we do have Richard is in Taylorsville, Kentucky, and he has a question for us here, so I'm going to take this call. Richard, you're on a Christian Car Guy show. Good Hello. morning. Hey, thank you. Um, I'm 66. I'm retired from the university, teaching part-time for him now. And uh, we're planning on moving out to Arizona soon, taking our horses with us. Um, my truck is 12 years old and has 280,000 miles on it. still drives well, but I don't think it's going to be quite big enough to take care of the three horse trailers right. I want to be able to back the horses what what is a good way to pay for this uh, I'm looking maybe at getting a year old truck yeah I noticed sure. in what the like um, producer sent me it said you were thinking about borrowing money from your retirement to buy the truck well I have I have some money that I can I have one account where I can take money out of I have another account that I've annuitized. Yeah, and as we're going to get to a little bit later in the show, I'm going to talk about car debts very specifically, right? The second, Richard, I hope you can hang on with me because i got to go to a... I can. A, I can. I also, also am looking at what will be a good truck. Oh, ah, well, we got we got some stuff for you, and we got some all these jewels in the cave we're going to be looking for. Stay tuned. we got so much Christian Car Guy shows coming up. Stay tuned. Amazing Grace, you're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show, and this song is actually on the album that goes with the last words of Jesus, a book that my friend Stu Epperson has written and the, the messages that we're talking about that we produced. And today on the Christian Car Guy Show, it's an interesting place we're going, and it sounds complicated, but I think you'll see it's going to be simple. We're going to compare the days of creation, the seven of those, with the seven last words of the cross 
and then looking at the seven spirits that are in the throne of God and from Isaiah 11, comparing those to see if we can get some wisdom to apply to this ministry specifically. What does God say have about stewardship with your car? What does God say about the widow and the orphan? Things like that are all connected here on the Christian Car Guy Show, and we're going to be getting to those in a minute. But we have Richard is in Taylorsville, Kentucky. Oh, we lost Richard, but I can speak to Richard's issue. He was thinking about borrowing money for his retirement, from his retirement, in order to buy this truck so that he could go out and haul these horses. And it sounds like he's on quite an adventure, and it's really cool how God takes us on adventures. And I love it when God does that in people's lives, and obviously he's worked hard. And so if he has his money in his retirement fund and he feels like he can budget around this truck need, and, uh, it, you know, men, we always need a nice, big, sturdy truck. And I will have to tell you, having been a Dodge dealer for a lot of years, that I'm a big proponent of the Cummins turbo diesel, especially the used ones. You know, those around 2005, 2006 were great trucks. If you can find a three-quarter ton Cummins turbo diesel, that will tow what you need to tow. And yes, if you're borrowing your own money from a retirement fund, then that seems to make a lot of sense. That's not really going into the slavery of debt that so many people are running negative equity on top of negative equity, throwing it into more loans and just becoming more entangled so that they can't be good stewards of what God's given them. But like always on the Christian Car Guy Show, if you have a question, any of those along the line of the questions that I talked about, we always love them. 866 Three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four true. So, as we get to this connection between the days of creation and the seven words of cross and the seven spirits of God, here here's sort of my comparison. And again, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you go play with this. It's at ChristianCarGuy.com, and I've made given you all the scripture references and everything I've used. So by all means, go search the scriptures for yourself and see what you can find. But here's what I saw. You know, the first day God said, let there be light. And his first word from the cross, you may know, is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And if you look at the first spirit that's listed there in Isaiah 11 of the seven spirits of God, it's wisdom. Well, you know, light illuminates things. And the only person I think that could see what was going on at Golgotha was Jesus. And so he needed to shed some light on the fact that all these people didn't know what they were doing and there was no wisdom there. And so you can make that connection that on the first day and on the first Jesus of Jesus's words, he provided that amazing grace that we just heard in that song to provide a light so that people could actually see what it was that we are doing with our lives and the fact that, <laughs> that God is there and he has this wonderful love for us. And so there's the first one. Now, we're going to get to the application of this with cars here in a minute. The second one is he created heaven, right? He separated the firmament on the second day. And on the second word to the thief, he said, today you're going to be with me where? In paradise. <laughs> and so obviously I could see the connection very cool, though, for me was that the second of the spirits of God is understanding. Well, see, when you can begin to understand what I just said, what heaven is, what paradise really is, what to be in the presence of God and those kind of things, when you have that understanding, guess what? You got heaven. <laughs> it kind of comes in the package. And, and, and again, we're going to get to the application of this in a minute. The third thing that God created was the plants and specifically the fruit. 
is where I'm going with this because, you know, he said, let there be fruit and have seeds in it and those kind of things. Well, isn't it interesting that the word from the cross he said was mother, behold your son and son, behold your mother. Clearly there is some fruit involved in that. And the third of the spirits of God in Isaiah is counsel. And think of the fruit that comes from counsel. And think of the counsel that Jesus was giving when he said, behold your mother, and think of what the Gospels might have been like if John and Mary had not had the connection that they had all those years in Ephesus. If you study church history, you'll find that John took care of his mother, uh, Jesus' mother as well, there at Ephesus. And you think of all the fruit and all the counsel that went on about that. The fourth word that was spoken from the cross was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this one has some things to really think about as you come into Lent this Wednesday. On the fourth day, God created the sun and the moon and the seasons. And if you look at most of the peoples in the Gospels, they talk about that there was this darkness that came over the entire area there at this hour. And it was at the time that he said this very thing. Why have you forsaken me? And that darkness would have come with what he created on the fourth day, which by the way, the fourth spirit of God that's mentioned is might. And the might that it takes to restrain evil in darkness is like the chains that are mentioned in Peter. And I'm going to go into that in a little bit, a bit more, but that's just a really cool place to be is to think about how the father and the son were separated at that time and how God separated the light from darkness on the fourth day. There's all a bunch of stuff there. By all means, study it yourself. Then you get to the fifth day, which is he created the fish and the birds, and on the fifth sol- uh, thing that you study from the, the uh, spirits of God is knowledge, and the fifth thing he said from the cross, I thirst. And I had to, I had to pray a lot about this one. It's two in the morning, and I'm trying to figure out where to, how do I make this connection, but the more I thought about it, I thought, wait a minute, the first thing to ever thirst in the whole creation were these fish and these birds on the fifth day. Because they had what? They had knowledge of what thirst was. There was no knowledge prior to, you know, because there weren't any minds to think about it. And I know you're thinking right now, Robbie, what does this have to do with cars? Believe me, I'm taking you there. We're going to get there. We're going to show you how this applies, applies specifically to this ministry and what God's given us to do. So we have just a couple more words to do, and then we're going to bring you back to the application. So stay tuned. I'll so much more Christian Car Guy Show coming at you. Sacred Head Now Wounded. You're listening to the Christian Car Guys Show. Today we are mining around in this cave looking at the many faceted jewels of the last words of Jesus, the seven days of creation, and the seven spirits of God from Isaiah. And I know a lot of people are thinking, Robbie, what are you thinking? <laughs> this is complicated. I just, I am in a state of worship and how all this stuff connects in ways that I don't begin to understand. I can't even begin to swim this deep 
But just swimming in as shallow as I have, I've just been in worship all week and how amazing God is. And then we're going to get to the application. There is a very specific application to my ministry, to what God's given me here to do with the Christian Car Guy Show, and what I'm hoping you'll partner with me in, and you'll begin to see what it is that I'm talking about through this illumination that comes with these words. So we're about down to the last two, which are, as we talked about, it is finished. That's what Jesus said from the cross. The sixth day of creation, we do know God finished. Interestingly, there's a real cool thing that happens. The sixth spirit of God in Isaiah 11 is the fear of the Lord. And as I began to think about that, before God created man, there was no real, that fear of the Lord was created as it was created in in man, and there was wisdom created. It was kind of an interesting kind of loop that happened there. And so when God said it is finished, when Jesus said it is finished from the cross, he was in fact finishing our redemption, that he had paid now what had to be paid so that I could spend eternity with God. And then I don't know how many of y'all have ever studied uh, Isaiah 11, but one of the cool things is the seventh spirit that is talked about. It's called the delight in the fear of the Lord. There's the fear of the Lord, and there's the delight in the fear of the Lord. Think how Jesus delighted when he said that seventh word, into your hands I commit my spirit. Can you imagine? I imagine. <laughs> Do you know that, that, from what I understand, Jewish mothers used to teach their children that like we teach now, I lay me down to sleep. So Jesus was taught that prayer probably by Mary when he was a small child. It was taken from the Psalms, and now it's being quoted here from the cross. How cool is that? And, of course, we know that on the seventh day, God rested. So now, as we take all that, and I began to think now, how does this, okay, Robbie, now how do I apply this? What do I do with this? And so I wrote, I began to write this out because I work for Truth Broadcasting. Truth is extremely important to me. <laughs> and so I wrote these out as sort of a culmination of them, with number one being wisdom, light, illumination results in you seeing the truth. In other words, with the first day of creation, with light, with wisdom, you can see the truth. The second one being understanding, being the second spirit of God, and with it being paradise, you see, when you comprehend the truth, that's number two, understanding, which by the way, this whole chart, everything I'm talking about today, it's all at christiancarguy.com under jewels in the cave. You can click on that and it's all delineated for you, including all the scripture I used in order to get there. So number two being understanding, which is heaven is what he created on the second day, and that's comprehending the truth. The third day, the third word from the cross, fruit, counsel being, are you sowing the seeds of truth? And the fourth day slash word is might and power has to do with the darkness. And are you bearing witness to the truth? And I'll, I'll show you how we get to that in a minute. And then the fifth would be knowledge. Do you recognize the truth? And then the fear of the Lord. Are you in awe of the truth? And then with the seventh day and the seventh spirit and the seventh word from the cross, are you rest, resting and worshiping in the truth? So now if we apply this to my ministry, <clears throat> to your ministry, to our ministry, to the people, all of us that listen to this, are we doing this? Because we, here's what God taught me, that a truth was that car debt enslaves. And it comes from Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrows a servant to the lender. That's a truth. Now, if I use these seven 
applications to that do I see that car debt enslaves? Is that illuminated? Can I illuminate that? That car debt enslaves? And then do I live my life out of the bondage of car debt? In other words, do I understand it to the point that I actually apply it? Do I live like that? And then do I share with others that car debt, in, it, it binds you. That's the, do you share that part? Because if you <laughs> are giving counsel and there's fruit in that, then you're going to share that. And then number four is power, might, power, bearing witness to the truth. Now, when I tell that story early at the beginning of the show about how God came to me and told me it was breaking his heart, there's power in that story. I've told that story a lot of times and seen people see what it is that God had done in that. Not what Robbie did, but what God was doing, and there's power in what God does. So when you bear witness, like it says in Acts 1-8, where it says, oh, you'll receive power. Well, that power is when you're his witness, when you're witness to something that he did, and here you're witnessing to the truth that car debt enslaves. And so to do that, when you're witnessing to what that did in your life, there is power in that. <coughs> now, the, the fifth one is knowledge, which is do you recognize the truth? Do you see other people that are enslaved to, to debt, or do you see other people who are unenslaved, to, who have gotten out of the slavery of debt, do you recognize other people's freedom? And then sixth, being the fear of the Lord, do you marvel at the consequences of failing to abide in this truth? I've watched, I marveled at it. It, it scares me. It, you know, it's horrible to see what Satan has for the people who don't abide in that truth. And so with number seven, do you rest? Do you have shalom, peace, completeness? Do you feel great in God and pleasure in being free from car debt? Yeah, you will. I, I assure you, you'll feel God's pleasure, you know, when you're there and, and you got to work towards it. It's not easy. And we want to help you do that. But that's what the Christian Car Guy show is here for. That's what we do. So that's the first one. That's the first truth that I listed, car debt and slaves. Well, the second one that I put here, the truth that I feel like is a part of my ministry and our ministry, and I hope you're joining me in this ministry because we all got to share it, is maintaining your car is good stewardship. And I use Proverbs 12, 27 there. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In other words, when you have a possession, it's God wants you to take care of it. It, it, it's the diligence of making sure that it does all that it's supposed to do is our responsibility. And so with the wisdom, light, illumination there, do you see the value in maintaining and repairing your vehicle? Then do you maintain, you know, when we're, we're going to the understanding, do you maintain and repair your vehicle? And do you share your thoughts on maintenance and car repair with others? Do you share your story on how your vehicle stewardship has been beneficial? Do you recognize other vehicles that have stood the test of time? I mean, if you're like me and I'm aware of this truth, I, I'll see, you know, an old car or somebody that's just, it doesn't have to be a classic at all. I, I really almost prefer like somebody has got a, a 73 Valiant or something. And I see that that thing is just in perfect shape. There's something in me that just is in awe of how these people have taken hold of this truth. And you can te- see that they value their possessions, that they're good stewards. And then do you marvel at the consequences of how people, and believe me, if you've ever been in a service drive for more than an hour, you'll marvel at how many people drove their car with the check engine light on for months, how many people had their red, you know, overheating light on and they drove it for another 20 miles and it blew their head gasket. 
you'll marvel at the consequences of, of that. This is the fear of the Lord because this is the consequences of not abiding in this truth. And I love this number seven. I, I just, every one of these I did, I just really enjoyed doing it because it, <clears throat> it is a delight in the fear of the Lord. Do you rest and feel God's pleasure at peace in having taken good care of your car? It was when you know you're doing what God wants you to do with your car, you're going to delight in that. You're going to rest in that. It's really a great place to be. <laughs> so much fun. All right. Now, this one might be a little close to home, but it's part of my ministry. So here we go. And I'm hoping that you'll join with me on this one. I hope you will see this truth. And this truth that we are going to illuminate here is called speeding is a sin. <laughs> and I've been teaching on it for years because it's another one of those that I just think is there. In Titus 3, 1 and 2, and I love the way the the message translates this, it says, remind the people to respect the government and be (laughs) law-abiding. Always ready to lend a helping hand, no insults, no fights. God's people should be big-hearted and courteous. The question is, if you're illuminating this particular issue, do you see that speeding is a sin? Is that something that you recognize as a truth? Do you see that that's a sin? If not, I I would ask you to think about some things. Perhaps there's a teenager, 16, just learning to drive, and they're trying to follow you. Or, you know, you're the the person blowing by them, and they think, well, I'm not keeping up with traffic. Now you get them to speed, and they can't handle the speed. There are so many things I could talk about that issue. We got the rest of the illumination coming on Is Speeding a Sin? Plus... If you have any question, call us, You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Today we are seeing what are Jesus' last words from the cross and the days of creation and the seven spirits of God have to do with our everyday lives and our stewardship and how we do life in in general. I've been making the comparison again. I would urge you to go have the fun I've had to just see how these things connect, how God stuff is it's been similar through since the very beginning and how he keeps consistent with his message of uh, these passages, all this information's at christiancarguy.com and everything that I've used today is all there. So by all means, go to christiancarguy.com and come worship with me. It's really, it's, it's a blast. I've been doing it all week. And we are taking specific examples of our ministry and how these things apply. And when we, uh, left, we talked about how one of the truths that we are going to see illuminated through this study is that speeding is a sin. And that's a part of my ministry that I feel God has called me to talk about. And so with the illumination, the wisdom in the first day of, of creation, do you see that speeding is a sin? And then do you understand it? 
And if you understand it, the chances are you don't speed. <laughs> and do you share with others that they shouldn't speed in a loving way, obviously? It's saying, do you realize that it puts people in harm's way, that it burns gas? It puts teenagers at a horrible risk because of the, the peer pressure that, of you going by them and all the stuff that's involved in that. And not to mention that clearly Titus said you're supposed to obey the law, and that's what Jesus would do. He would be not speeding. So do you share your story about how you go the speed limit and how that's beneficial? And do you recognize others that obey the speeding laws? I guarantee you that if you, once you really accept this truth and begin to walk in it, you will see other people that are going to speed. And then, unfortunately, do you marvel, like with the fear of the Lord, do you marvel at the consequences of people who fail to abide in the truth? And then as you're driving down the highway, knowing that you're in God's will, do you rest and feel God's pleasure when you're in obeying the speed laws? I mean, it's, do you feel that? Because that's where the peace comes from. So this gets to another one of my truths that I think that God really has blessed me with and has blessed so many of you with in the ministry that we have here with the Christian Car Guy Show. And this truth is God's people help widows and single moms with their vehicle needs. God's people help widows and single moms with their vehicle needs. Many that know of our ministry knows there's a Jesus labor love, which speaks right to this issue, which is there, of course, at ChristianCarGuy.com. If you look at James 1.27, it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So if you're with me and you see this truth and you believe this truth, do you see God's protection for widows and orphans is written on his heart? If you read through the Bible, you can't miss it. It's everywhere. The widow and the orphan, the widow and the orphan, which in our case is quite often single moms. And so if you see that truth, the question that obviously to understand it would be that you're applying it. The second thing you look at here is, are you willing to help widows and orphans, single moms with their car needs? There's ways to do that right here within our ministry here. I have a prayer team. Sign up for the prayer team. I have people who make calls to help with all this stuff. I have obviously cash donations for some of it. Maybe you're actually a repair place, but do you see it? Are you willing to, to walk in this truth? Then once you have it, do you share your story of how helping a single mom or a widow has blessed you? And I can't tell you how many times God has given me a story to share. Uh, just this week, you know, pastors that saw this ministry come for people in their church and them feeling part of the community and feeling Christ's love through this is a way that we show how we love one another. I mean, it's just huge. Then do you marvel at the consequences of failing to abide in this truth? You know, if you see car repair places or somebody else who actually preys on widows and single moms and that kind of thing, you, it won't take you long and you'll begin to see the consequences and you'll see that the fear of the Lord is a, is a thing there. <laughs> but again, with number seven just being clear and near and dear to my heart is do you rest in and feel God's pleasure and peace when you're helping widows and single moms or orphans. However you do that, and it may be through cars, it may be through other ways, but if you understand the truth that this is near and dear to God's heart, uh, it, it, you'll rest in this peace. One of my all-time favorite stories was just so simple. There was a lady, she was maybe in her 70s, 80s. She came into one of our outlets complaining that she had been frying up frying in the summer for the last two years because she had no air conditioning. 
could we please, please help her? And because she was on a fixed income and afraid to go into any car shop that would charge her money, she didn't know how she would pay for it. She did not want to ask anybody that question. But because we offered that we would do the labor, not the parts, but the labor on the Jesus Labor Love, she went into our outlet and she asked one of our people, one of our God-fearing people, what do I do? He simply looked and said, well, you see this snowflake button on your dashboard? If you'll click that button, you're going to have air. And it didn't cost anybody anything. But the point is, when we make ourselves available to God, (laughs) he will send us stuff that we had no idea we could help, but we actually could if we just make ourselves available. And so will you pray with me? that you'll abide in this truth that you know God loves these folks and he wants to help them and it's so easy to take part in this. Everybody listening to my voice could join in a prayer team or wherever in your own church, in your own situation. You know, we have our ministry. You have whatever it is that God's put on your heart. But the thing of it is, here are these truths. And we get back to these truths, wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and then the delight of the fear of the Lord. Which brings us to the last and certainly the most important. (laughs) Jesus is the way to paradise. Right? I mean, that is the most important truth. And when we look at this one, you obviously know in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the question, the biggest question you can have today is, do you see that? Has that been illuminated for you like on the first day? Do you have that wisdom? Do you see that that's what he did? Then number two, if you understand that, have you been baptized into his death and resurrection? I mean, clearly, if you understand, then you will want to be baptized. And that's a big part of what believers do. In fact, that's what it says in the Great Commission. Be ye baptized, right? On the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you've obviously had the wisdom and now you've gained the understanding, are you right? Or if you got fruit, or if you got counsel for others, do you share with others the need for Jesus in their life? And again, getting back to the power part, right? The power and the might and the separation between dark and light is when you share your story. Acts 1-9. Be my witness. This is what God did in my life. This is what it was like before I had Jesus in my life. This is what I had after I had Jesus in my life. This is absolutely huge. Do you see that? Do you share your story? Do you recognize Jesus in the life of others? Do you see that? (laughs) See, that's knowledge. That's number five. And then number six, do you marvel at the consequences of failing? How in the world do people get by without Jesus? Do you not marvel at what it would be like to not have this in my life? And then, of course, number seven, do you rest and feel God's pleasure and peace? As his son, do you feel like you're God's child? Have you come into the kingdom? This is huge. Well, you can see that all these are jewels in the cave. You can find out all about it at christiancarguy.com. I have all these charts and stuff. Lord, I just am so thankful that you listened today and pray that you'll join us here on the Christian Car Guy Show again.